Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how He truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace. I'm Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're joining us today on the show. I have the most amazing man. I'm so honored to introduce you guys um, to this this incredible man that has brought so much um, truth and healing into my life. His name is Pastor Bob Holloway. Welcome, Bob. Thank you very much. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Um, Bob's going to be sharing with us on the show today, but I want to tell you guys a little bit about him. He's been on staff in five churches in the South Denver area over the past 30 plus years. He's pastored his own church for seven years. His ministry emphasis is in small groups, marriage classes, counseling, alpha for pre-Christians, and addiction recovery in Douglas County. And, um, Bob, I met you, we went to the same church. We were on staff eventually at the same church several years ago, and I got to know you well, but how I, how I started in getting to know you was, um, in one of your celebrate recovery groups. That's how I got to know you best. And I can't say enough good things about celebrate recovery before we go any further. I don't want to forget because that has been something that brought so much healing and truth in my life. And I can't, um, mention enough how I encourage people to get involved in some kind of faith-based recovery group because Jesus is there and he brings tons of healing to lots of people. Would you agree? I would agree. It's been the probably the most impacting ministry I've ever done. How many years were you involved in or have you been involved in that kind of I recovery think, I group? I think this year, this is 10 years this year. Wow. Yeah. And it kind of just went really fast, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I did uh, eight years vocationally on staff, and the last two years I've been doing this just volunteer. That's awesome. Well, Bob, why don't we jump in? Why don't you share a little bit with our listeners about the grace of God? Share us a little bit about your testimony, and we'll just take it from there. All right. I'll uh, I'll try. This is usually if I give a testimony like in recovery or something, it would be like a a forty-five minute talk. So I'm condensing this a lot. Sure. But um, basically, I came from a a very dysfunctional home, and there was a. My father was a, a very abusive person, so it created an environment of a lot of fear. And out of that, a lot of my issues came that I've worked on most of my life, uh, mostly ineffectively until I met the Lord. But it um, it really created a, a sense of uh, hyper vigilance and protection and control in my life mm. that really messed me up for a long time. It threw me into some issues that that I'm finding today that I really love to minister to other people in because I, I can be there with them. It's genuine and authentic. Because you've come through it yourself. Yeah, yeah, especially in the addiction area. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit more about... Um, you know, what you would call that catalyst moment for you and the Lord? Well, there were, there's a number of them, and mm-hmm. there are different plateaus of just awareness of Him. 
Sure. I think when I was just a little kid, I, I went to vacation Bible school. And like so many children do, I made a, a commitment there to someone named God. Mm. And it kind of opened things up. He's very gracious Yes. to meet us where we are and to try to, de- he comes in and begins to develop that awareness and that contact with us. And so as I moved through that um, in this home that was not God-friendly, it was hard for me to hold that connection. And so I, I started losing God. I would, he would reconnect with me, and I would lose him through this fear. And then he would find me again, and that's the history of my whole life. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I know there's probably a lot of people listening. I mean, I can even relate. That's one thing I love about you the most is your authenticity and transparency. And through that, the Holy Spirit brings so much healing, I think, to people because when they hear, especially like we were talking about earlier, another leader, a a pastor even, speak out and say, hey, I've been through this, this, and this. Um, God's brought me through, and, you know, here's how he did it, but here's the truth of it all. You know, I think that that ministers to so many people because when they're in those moments of fear, like you mentioned, and feeling disconnected, I think the enemy likes to lie to us and say, yeah, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. And he tries to isolate us and make us feel ashamed and which further isolates and discuss, disconnects us from the Lord and his truth to us. So I just love to hear you talk about how you felt that way and, and the Lord ministered to you even in, in the midst of all that. You know, that's a, that's a good point. I, I really came into the kingdom on my face. I had a crisis in my life. My daughter was killed in an automobile accident. And at that point in my life, I was, um, I was not a believer. I was, um, I was heavily addicted to uh, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And that she had been, she was a Christian. She had been witnessing to me for some time powerfully. She really moved in the spirit and was just gentle and loving and represented God in a way that I didn't understand. But but I was able to receive it through her. She was so sweet. But when she died, um, it threw me into a tailspin, and I, I, I never was able to pull myself out in, in the natural. Mm-hmm. But God found me there, and it was an amazing beginning where he came to me as a broken person and really just introduced himself to me in such a loving way. And he used some Christians to do it. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Yes, the church praise actually, God. <laughs> the church actually was the church. And, and I, I, Janet and I got enfolded into a body of people who just received us the way we were because, you know, one day I'm uh, heavily addicted. The next day I'm trying to be a Christian and be, and it was so phony. Mm-hmm. I was trying to learn the language and, and learn the behavior, and I had, had no ability. I didn't know what to do. And there were people who really were kind to me. Wow. In my <laughs> affliction. That's a great report. Really? I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, and, I was too. And Janet, of course, is your wife. Yeah. And you've been married how many years? Uh, 55 years. Praise the Lord. Last month. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you came to the Lord pretty much together after your great loss. Well, we did. Janet had been, um, she had given her life to the Lord as a child. But because of um, life and my influence, she had not been walking with him. And mm-hmm. I had created an environment there that was really difficult for her to be the person she wanted to be. And so she was just hanging on, trying to make the marriage survive. And uh, just prior to that, she had left me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in Texas at the time. But she had moved to Denver, and she told me, so you can, you can join us here. I'm taking the children. And you can join us here if you can leave all this behind. And I thought, well, this will be really good because I'll change my environment, and then everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize the environment was in my heart. <laughs> right. And it came with me. 
So that was difficult for her. And when we lost our daughter, she, she was just, she was pretty much emotionally comatose mm-hmm. for a long time. So we started over. It was amazing. Uh, I remember the first time I went in to see a counselor at the church, and I told him, I said, you know, I really think God wants me to work on my marriage. And this was early on. And the counselor said, really? I said, yeah, so I'm going to bring my wife in, and I need you to really work on her. <laughs> Isn't that how we <laughs> all are? It? We're always like, yeah, our spouse is the one that needs the help, when in fact the Lord's like, oh, honey, it's, it's you I want to deal with first. Well, he was discerning because he said, well, why don't we not invite her just yet, just you and I talk for a while. Mm. And, you know, that began the process of my healing. And so it was really good. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah. Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, your testimony is so full and rich with the Lord. You have so many um, amazing God stories, and we're trying to cram a lot in mm-hmm. in our, our 25 minutes here on right. the show. But um, I just, I don't know. I would love for you to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how you do deal with that disappointment that you've gone through. I mean, I know you've gone through even a lot of, Besides the great loss in your life of your daughter, you've gone through a lot of health challenges, too. And can you just talk about that a little bit and um, to people that may be listening and, and can relate to that as well? Yeah, I don't know how I came to believe this, but I somehow came to believe that if you're a Christian and you're walking with God, then things are going to go well for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how. I, I, I guess I didn't have read Job. but I had one of those experiences. I guess for the last 10 years, I've experienced about eight different sicknesses, infirmities, and things that were pretty serious. And um, it threw me back in my faith in his goodness. It challenged that. And I had to grapple with it. And uh, it was difficult for me because it felt like you're walking away from God when Mm -hmm. when you or disappointed like that, and you turn away because you're not healed, and you beg and pray. And uh, I went through a, a, a real internal struggle with who I thought God really was at the time. I said, you know, it's, it seems it's, to me the language was, you know, this is uh, not a good way to treat your children mm. if you're a real good father. And wow. so I don't know that I, you know, theologically I can— Work that out, but I came to a place experientially and in my emotions where he invited me back into that dialogue, and we sat and talked about that. It was he was very gracious; he wasn't offended with right. my lack of faith. In fact, it was a, a point of contention that he wanted to grow me in that place of uh, disillusionment. And so, for a period of time, I continued to act out the pastoral role and say all the right things, but my heart was just grieved. Putting on like the like the happy face, like how you doing? Oh, I'm great. Praise God. That kind of thing. Well, I didn't want to hurt anyone's relationship with God, mm. and so I dared not say anything that would that would uh, hurt his children. Yeah, I was afraid that I would bring a bad report, <clears throat> and so I I just kept that to myself. Well, let me pick at that for just a minute sure. because that's something that I've struggled with in my own walk with the Lord. And um, I think this would minister to a lot of people because that's something that I say, I find myself saying to him often is, well, I don't want to cause anybody else to stumble. You know, I don't, I don't want to um, push people further away from you. And so I end up saying nothing at all. Mm-hmm. If it's a situation that I feel like the Holy Spirit is pressing on me to discuss or talk about, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, I'm trying to, 
you know, be an attractor for you, God, mm-hmm. not, you know, not push people away. And I get so, I think you call it paralysis of analysis. I right. think you're the one that originally coined that in my vocabulary. But um, I get so paralyzed mm-hmm. with analyzing, you know, whether or not I should do it, that I end up doing nothing at all or saying nothing at all. And I feel like that's something that the Holy Spirit's really been helping me with mm-hmm. lately and bringing me some truth and healing. And I think it's a great deception and lie of the devil, mm-hmm. really, where he takes some truth and he twists it like he's so good at just a just a kernel of truth and he'll twist it and try and keep us from using our voice for the Lord out of fear or even, you know, doing something wrong to disappoint God. And I remember one day the Holy Spirit said to me, you have to believe that I'm bigger than any mistake that you could make when it comes to the salvation or the faith journey of another believer. And and that really helped me because I realized, oh, it's not all on my shoulders. This is the Holy Spirit's right. job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of what you were addressing. And I think that would help a lot of people to take the, the pressure off of them. You know, it helped me in, in going through teaching in, this, in the recovery program I was in to help people who had um, victim mentalities. Mm-hmm to help them to take, to find a place of authenticity and then to begin to hope. Because it's one thing to say, you know, I'm just an alcoholic and that's all I'll ever be. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to say, that's who I was, but I'm becoming something else. And, and I'm saying, I'll make it. No, that's because good. God's spoken to me. And so that's a tension there. And we see this in a lot of recovery programs where people begin to identify in their brokenness and they can't come out of it. Mm-hmm. They don't begin to have a different confession or proclamation in their lives. And I think the Lord encouraged me um, because I, I, I tended to fall into that victim thing and feel sorry for myself. And I and I, he would say to me, in my heart at least, uh, Bob, I want you to believe that I'm good. Mm-hmm. And I want you to hold to that and be patient and watch this unfold. And and I want you to know you're growing in this. This is not just a, something you're, it's not a false statement. It's not a bad confession or it's not even a, an invalid confession. Mm-hmm. I want you to say what your hope is because of who I am. And so I began to grow in that. Is that what, is that how you've been handling the disappointment that we talked about earlier is you've been having that dialogue with the Lord and, and talking that through and making those, like you said, confessions over yourself? Yeah, the, I began to reeducate myself because I had to understand in my heart, who God is. And I had to get a firm hold on that because everything else can change, but that can't change. Mm-hmm. That has to be the foundation, the anchor. You have to believe he's for you and he's good. And so I began to go back through the Bible. I began to listen to teachers who, who believed that. And so I began to um, just not just to re-educate myself, but also just to put that in my heart, mm-hmm. that word, and began to believe for that. And I know that sounds like... Um, uh, over-spiritualization of something, but it's not really. I had to come to a place where I said, you know what, I, I see this reality, but I, I believe you're a greater reality, and you're going to somehow, I'm going to move through this, either you're going to heal me sovereignly, sure, or you're going to use medical science or something, or I'll pass. Mm-hmm. But either way, I'm going to be with you, and I'm not walking away because i got no place to go. I'm like, Peter, Lord, where would I go? Oh, that's so good, Bob. Yeah. Oh, well, that's exactly where I came to. Where would I go? Wow, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about um, the part of your testimony that we touched on a little bit earlier, you know, talking about our 
our brokenness Mm -hmm. and all the years. I mean, I can totally relate. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can too, to our years that we weren't walking with the Lord or we walked away from the Lord like Mm -hmm. I did. And whatever that looked like, you know, I self-medicated with alcohol and, and all kinds of other stuff. And I know you mentioned your addictions as well. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about, um, hearing that message of forgiveness and acceptance that it's that grace of God that so many people need to hear and, and really what our show is all about. You know, that was something that I, I could comprehend. It's something I experienced too. Something about him came to me in the person of the father. Mm. And he was the father that I never had. And so he had to reintroduce himself to me. And the experience I had there was one of just, of I forgive, I've forgiven you. And we're going to do this thing, Bob, and you're going to change. And you just don't let go of my hand, and we're going to walk this thing out. And that encouragement something I'd never had. Mm-hmm. And so all my life I'd been uh, numbing myself with something. Right. And because of the pain of that, and it was it was just an experience from my father. I projected onto God, and, and he, was, uh, he set about to show that he was not my dad. He was not the face of my father. In fact, the first thing he did was just this issue of forgiveness. Wow. And he was relentless. He was relentless. I said, yeah, I just can't, I can't say that because I don't feel it. And he says, say it and you'll feel it. And we began to move through this. I want you to be obedient and watch this thing come to pass because you're doing the right thing here. You're doing what I'm telling you to do. And your emotions now will process in this experience. Mm. I think that's super interesting that um, you say, say it, and then you will feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, how to me that reminds me so much of, the word of God is alive and active, that scripture in Hebrews. But it's so true because him telling us to speak this over our lives and say it and come into agreement with him out of obedience. Mm-hmm. I guess that's also part of our faith, you mm-hmm. know, just saying it and then feeling it. I think that's a great way to look at it. It is. I, I uh, There was a ministry called Sozo that um, I learned a lot from where this is an experience of hearing truth. Mm-hmm. And we get that from the Word of God. We had that experientially through the Holy Spirit. They have to be absolutely in harmony. And uh, to begin to focus on what's true and have that challenge your beliefs is just life-changing. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I would love to have you talk and address, Bob, while you're here, and it's because I think you have such an anointing on your life for it, is to really talk specifically to leaders and pastors who um, may be going through a season of disappointment with the Lord or may be going through a great loss Mm -hmm. in their life, and they're really um, maybe confused about where God is and all that. Can Can you just talk straight to them right now a little bit and just share your heart based on your own experiences? I can. The most recent thing that's given me clarity is a statement someone made about <clears throat> is, is God a resource or is he a connection? Wow. And as I think about that, most of my ministry, God's been a resource to, to foster my success and to be, become the spiritual person that I wanted to become. It was an ambitious thing. And, um, and uh, he doesn't seem to be offended with that so much as he was glad that we at least had a connection mm. and he could bring me into a further understanding of what that meant. So for him to be, me to love him for who he is, is different than me to love him for what he can do for me. Mm-hmm. 
And in leadership, that's a real challenge because we can't see our own hearts. Sometimes we're deceived in our pursuits. And we think it's, it's unto the Lord, and, and may, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, and we, I'm sure we do good things, but not everything is authorized by the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's what I'm looking for now. And there's a difference. And mm-hmm. I sense we, we have a peace there. We, have, we walk in our anointing. There's a sweet spot where we become who we are. The hearts are warmed and they're affectionate toward him. And that's a good place to be in ministry. I remember, Bob, when I was the women's pastor on staff at that church that mm-hmm. we served at together several years ago. I remember, you know, being in that Celebrate Recovery group and then leading a Celebrate Recovery group with you and coming and sitting in your office. I One of the things that blessed me so much and helped me grow, not only in my walk with the Lord, but in training being raised up as a leader under your coverage was your weekly meetings with me in your office. Mm -hmm. And you're like, come on in and have a seat. And we would sit and chat about whatever was going on in my life. Mm -hmm. And, and you would talk me through that and you made a safe environment for me as a leader to share what I was going through, what I was struggling with. And you would speak into that and give me wisdom and you would lead me in prayer and you would always encourage me well, ask the Lord what he says. You know, what does the Lord say about that? Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I'd always thought, oh, you can't you can't talk to the Lord about right. that stuff. He'll be disappointed. He'll right. think you're being rebellious. He'll think you're being disrespectful. And I really learned from you in that season that God already knows the stuff that's in our heart anyways, but also he wants to dialogue with us about it. And he's a safe place to have a conversation with him. And I guess what? I would hope for and pray for all of our listeners and for them to get out of at least one thing out of what we're talking about today is that even as a leader, it's so important for you to have that person like I had you in my life that I could be not only mentored by and covered in prayer and and spiritually covered, but also you gave me that safe place to dialogue about real life, to be authentic and transparent mm-hmm. And I think that's so necessary in the church and leadership, don't you? Absolutely. It's something I never had. Yeah. And the Lord told me, he said, Bob, if, I'm going to do this for you, but I want you to give this away. And this, is, this was part of my learning experience that I, it was my voice, mm-hmm. that I think I was supposed to represent him in that way. And so I did that to the best of my ability with the people that he gave into my care. And so it's something that I wish that I'd had yeah. and I wanted you to have. Yeah, well, you did. So thank you for that. I'm so grateful. And that's one of the things when we uh, close in prayer today that I really want to pray for the the leaders that are out there that need that in their life and for them to step up and be that to somebody else as well, to be that safe place. Um, The last thing I think I want to talk about, Bob, is if we could talk a little bit about um, some of the cool things maybe that you've seen in some of the recovery programs that you've been a part of and Maybe speak to that person listening that's new to the Lord or that might be listening and, and they're in the throes of their addiction right now and, and they're not, they don't know the Lord. In fact, most people who come into the program don't in, in an authentic relationship. And so we have to begin at, at baby steps and just talk about where are you and, and let's introduce you to this higher power named Jesus. And in doing so, we, we just in showing up and being there, people become warmed in the atmosphere to God's presence through the testimony of other people. Mm-hmm. And they began to experience this and to believe that he's real. And there's somehow 
a huge number of people make a connection with God at some level and begin to grow. We've had hundreds of people come through Celebrate Recovery that have been touched by God and their families have been changed, their marriage have been saved, their children are warm to them again, their affections are warm to them. And, and people have begun to walk in uh, uh, recovery, not only in sobriety, but also in wholeness. Mm, that's so good. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've always noticed um, whenever I'm in a recovery group, whether I'm in, involved in one, participating or leading one, or just there as a guest, as a speaker or something, I, I've never, it never ceases to amaze me the people that are like shocked and surprised that God wants to love them right where they're at. Like the fact that he would even reach out to them or pursue them in the middle of their mess is still, it's so shocking to people, you know? And it reminds me, it was shocking to me when it happened to me, and sometimes I forget. But when I'm around that group, it's a fresh reminder of the joy of my salvation, you know? Absolutely. You know what happens when you're authentic in front of them? And you're real. It gives them permission to be real. When you mm-hmm. talk about God meeting you there in that broken place, gives them hope to believe that. Somehow it opens their faith to make that connection, to reach out and take hold of that invisible hand. That's so good. It's a good process. So we highly encourage anybody listening to get involved in a recovery program. And I'll say this, too. When I got involved, it wasn't I was way past the the alcohol and stuff. That wasn't my issue anymore. I went in for codependency and um, relational issues and and just heart issues. So I encourage anybody listening to get involved in a local recovery program, and they can Google that and find some really good faith-based ones, right, Bob? Absolutely. Bob, I appreciate you being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so grateful. I want to pray for everybody listening now. Go ahead. So, Father God, I thank you in the name of Jesus for um, Pastor Bob and his ministry. Lord God, I thank you for all the people listening that um, have been touched by you today. Today, God, I just break off disappointment, Lord, and hopelessness. I speak hope and fresh faith to all those people, Lord. I break off addiction. I pray for encounters of God's grace and healing and mercy and love. And I pray all these amazing, wonderful gifts in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. You guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Please email me at scandalousgrace at carloswanigan.com. Let me know how God's moving in your life, and we love you. And remember, let's leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carlos Wanigan. Please go to carloswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. 